Hey everyone, I'm Johnny. I'm Victoria. Welcome to Tasty Pages, a podcast from Cooking the Books. Each week, we'll discuss a featured cookbook. And we'll rank each book in a variety of categories, including food photography and styling, degree of difficulty, and of course, taste. This week's featured cookbook is... Smoke Roots Mountain Harvest by Lauren Angelucci McDuffie. Hey, Victoria. Hi, Johnny. Happy Sunday. Happy Sunday. At least it is when we're recording this episode. Uh, Welcome. Your your results may vary. Yes. Welcome to Tasty Pages, a podcast from Cooking the Books. Let's get a couple of housekeeping things out of the way. Uh, If you go to anchor.fm slash Tasty Pages, you'll see a support button right there. And you can think of it as like an online tip jar. It's a way that you can uh, show your support for what we're doing, the very important work that we're doing, and uh, help us out a little bit. Um, there's also a store tab on our website at wecookbooks.com that will direct you to our amazon.com affiliate page. And we've got a few things there, um, one being a list of kitchen essentials for home cooks. Um, these are just the things that we use uh, all the time in our kitchen that we love. We are not endorsed by these uh, companies in any way. These are just things that we enjoy and we think you will too. And then we also have a list of cookbooks uh, that we've featured on our Cooking the Books Instagram feed. Kind of the best of the best. So if you are looking for a gift for yourself or the home cook in your life, this would be a good place to start. Best of all, it doesn't cost you a penny more to make those purchases from the links. Totally um, free. Yeah. You get something cool. We get a few pennies in return. Win-win. So there you go. All right. On with the show. It's been a busy week, yeah. It has been. So so let's... That'd be a great place to start, I guess. Yeah. So, okay, what did you do today? Well, I made some... Uh, Ricola ice cream. Ricola. Everybody remember that. those commercials? Thanks for the assist. Yeah, of course. Uh, yeah, this is from uh, an upcoming book we'll be featuring, uh, Alpine Cooking by Meredith Erickson. You know, it's been a long time since I've had like real ice cream because we always eat Halo Top. Yeah, yeah. And I just kind of forget how really delicious real ice cream is no joke mm-hmm. um and it may seem an odd flavor combination but i can assure you it is delicious it's really good it's super subtle yeah. i mean it's not like sucking on a lozenger or it's anything. not medicinal or anything no. like that um it's got me thinking already of other kind of unusual flavor combinations so stay tuned uh what did you do today well today was take two um i'm Made some espresso cacao nib morning buns from uh, Ed Kimber's One Tin Bakes. That's a book that you've been working through yes, in recent um, weeks. And I tried doing them last week, but the KitchenAid broke. Wah, wah. Yeah. I mean, it was still running, but it wasn't... Uh, it wasn't uh, rotating, yeah. which means that there is a gear that has... As we found out from a quick internet search. Yeah. But it was a, it was such a bummer because I just made the dough. It's a brioche dough. And then you get to the point where you add butter in like one square at a time and incorporate it. And it just crapped you know, out on me. It's been, a, it's been a trusty workhorse in our kitchen for decades, really. Yeah. 
It, it was our first major appliance together. Yeah. I think it's, um, it's, it's served us well. It and has. so once Johnny that happened, to the rescue. Uh, yeah, <laughs> reluctantly, but I, I jumped online, did some searching, was able to determine that it was probably a worn gear and, uh, a quick little visit to our local appliance part store gave me the correct part I needed. I think it was 17 whole dollars. And I opened this thing up and fixed it. And she's now living to fight another day. Yep. So we got my buns done. Yep. They're delicious. It's a laminated dough. I love laminated dough. Ooh, you want to, want me to let them in on a little secret too? Yes. Uh, we're going to peek behind the curtain of the lovely KitchenAid mixer. And if you open this up, I've never looked inside one before, underneath that beautiful... Pink, seafoam, green, turquoise, whatever color you might have. Exterior, there's a literal like grease monster inside. I wish you would have called me down to come look at it or <laughs> at should, least take I, video I, or picture. I should have taken a picture for the gram. It didn't um, happen. It just didn't So there's happen. a gearbox inside once you disassemble it. And there is literally like probably like a couple cups of this like really gross black sticky grease i got some Ooh, on my it hands sounds like my heart yeah right? <laughs> especially after fried chicken night or something uh and yeah it, it was crazy and it just kind of sits in there freely and kind of gets tossed around as the gears are turning and uh not not what you'd expect when you open one of those up Mm-mm. but uh, yeah it was it was a little bit of a messy job Minimal swearing involved, and um, once we buttoned it back up, it's working great again. It actually works better now. Like I was noticing how smooth it is now. Yep. So there you go. Way to go! Thanks. I'm so proud of you. Yeah. Back when people used to like fix stuff when they broke instead of just like throw them out. Well, and I'm such an asshole because I was like, "Ooh, maybe." You why? were already making a shopping <laughs> list for like a new, you know, the one with the, the stand. Bowl. Yeah, I know. I know. Sorry. I I have to get a new one now. Wah, wah. Oh. KitchenAid, if you're listening, you could still send us one, and we wouldn't be opposed to that. They're like, please, you nobodies. Yeah. It's <laughs> worth a try. All right. Most importantly, what's for dinner tonight, Victoria? Tacos. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> this is not from a book or anything. It's just Taco Sunday, and we're going to just like use some leftover smoked chicken we had and other basic ingredients in case you haven't uh caught on like uh, for the weekends we we record these on the weekends and usually saturdays we'll do some takeout and sunday we'll do something really easy um but every other night of the week we cook so yeah weekdays are lots of cooking styling photography all that stuff and then uh the, you know, Friday comes around and that's, that's the, uh, that's the reward yep. is we, we crack open some bottles of wine and we order takeout and we don't think about taking a photo of food. It's awesome. <laughs> it's the, it's the way. Yes. All right. So let's, let's jump into this book. This, this was an interesting one. I, I enjoyed uh, this book quite a bit. The subtitle Recipes and stories inspired by my Appalachian home kind of gives you an idea of what to expect within the pages. And it was certainly intriguing for us. And I know, Victoria, you've got some personal history and connection to this region of the United States. So I do talk um, about that a little bit. Very, very early on, 
in my childhood. It's actually where, it's the place where I got my first memories, my first food memories. We lived in West Virginia. Um, we were dirt poor, super dirt poor. We had a pet raccoon. Um, I used to eat wild strawberries that just grew all around. Nice. It, it was a pretty amazing place. Yeah. But, and, you know, of course, you're a kid and you don't realize how poor you are. You what know? happened to Charlie? Oh, someone stole him. He he could come freely in and out of the house, whatever, because um, we just had like one of the... You had a domesticated raccoon. Yes, and he would, sl- sometimes he would sleep outside and we had, um, we had like a little leash and a collar for him and we came out one morning and someone had undone the collar. And like... And he was gone. Took him away. But he was super cute. He used to sit up on his back, uh, on his hind legs, and cover his eyes for um, for chocolate cupcakes, wow. like for Hostess cupcakes. Did you consider that maybe he was someone's dinner or something? Oh, of course he was someone's dinner. <laughs> of course he was. Oh, poor Charlie. I know. All right. Well, on a lighter note... Um, <laughs> <laughs> This this book is from uh, author Lauren Angelucci McDuffie. She is uh, the face behind the popular blog Harvest and Honey. The book features over 70 recipes, gorgeous photography throughout, lots of personal stories. Um, so it really is kind of a love letter to this region of the country, which is often like kind of underserved, I think. And one of the things that I really like about this book book it's kind of atmospheric like it has titles like ghost stories and apothecary and it's it's a real mood and uh if you if you go back a little further it's divided into the four seasons Mm -hmm. so you know you've got your spring summer fall winter and then within those categories um like you said, there's these little subcategories with these evocative names, and it really does kind of transport you to this time and place. Um, but it, it, the focus obviously is on kind of uh, local, fresh, seasonal ingredients. Um, nothing was too complicated. No. Nope. Um, so, yeah, without further ado, let's, let's discuss the dishes we made. Um, take it away. The first one. All right. First one was a roasted muscadine grape um, sausage and leek white pizza. Yeah. Uh, yeah. This was great. Um, we generally don't keep grapes in our house, and I don't know why because I, I love them. And I, I was prepping the grapes for this, which involved slicing them in half. Real tough work. Um, <laughs> Just be glad you didn't have to peel them. <laughs> right. And uh, it occurred to me that we don't eat that many grapes and nope. I and I really enjoyed them. I was snacking on them the whole time I was making, you know, prepping them. Um to be fair, we certainly drink enough grapes of in the house, we do. but uh, we don't eat enough. And so it it occurred to me. And this was a really cool flavor combination and not one that I think we've had before or that I would even consider, but there was a little bit of heat and fennel from the sausage, and then mm-hmm. you get the you get the sweet from the grapes, and then there's just that little bite from the leeks, mm-hmm. and of course, the crust was delicious. We used the Paul Cajon crust recipe. Yep. Um, and did this one call, this one called, the recipe called for walnuts, but we dislike walnuts. Too bitter. Yeah. So we toasted up some pine nuts and tossed them on there. Yep. Just, just a lesson. You don't always have to follow the recipe. Yes. If there's something you don't like, change it, leave it off, 
whatever. Yep. No one's going to hunt you down and yell at you. Nope. The authors would understand. And and this was great because it kind of spoke to our preferences for pizza because when we make pizza at home, which is pretty often, mm-hmm. we generally don't do like red sauce pizzas. Nope. We'll just, uh, what, what I'll do is uh, infuse um, some garlic and olive oil, just slice up some garlic, let it simmer like barely at all. And just let it go for yeah, a couple and just hours. brush that on the crust. Brush it on there. Get a little bit of that garlic on there. Mm. Yes. Listen to me making disgusting noises. <laughs> Everyone's like, "Stop!" No, and it, I mean the there was a simple pizza dough recipe included in the book. So if we didn't already have the trusty Paul Kahan one, we would have easily made that, and I'm sure it would have been delicious. Um, no complaints with this one. Oh. This is great. Great way to start the book. Um, Next dish. Take it away. Again? Sure. All right. Uh, chicken and milk with orange and cardamom. Um, and this one comes, uh, this one is a play on the pork milk dish, which is Italian. Yeah. We were actually just looking through uh, an Italian cookbook that we received from a publisher, and there was a milk pork recipe in there. So it's it's a pretty traditional Italian preparation, and this is where the dish drew its inspiration from. But if you've never had it and you take it out of the oven, you might be like, oh, I, I fucked this one up <laughs> because the, the, there's lemon juice in it and it causes the milk to curdle, yep. which is not the most beautiful thing, but it makes like a, a soppy sauce. And yeah. so yeah, go with it. It's got cardamom and cinnamon, garlic, sage. Um, pomegranate seeds give a little bite. A little bit of orange zest and juice. Um, there was a lot of flavor going on mm-hmm. here. And the milk also helps to keep the chicken nice and juicy. So yeah, and and it'll it'll make your kitchen smell nice. I'll just warn you. Absolutely, people will be coming from miles around. Um, yeah, I don't know what else we can say about this. This was a really great dish and kind of a clever play on on that traditional recipe. Um. I'm going to let you speak on this next dish because you. this was all you. Um, winter spiced morning rolls. How about that? Yeah. So, it, I mean, it looks, it's kind of like a classic cinnamon roll. Yep. Um, the twist being. Uh, it's finished off with a, a pomegranate and orange buttermilk glaze. Gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Kind of and a pink hue to it. The dough was really soft and tasty. And here's the thing. We had one. We split one (laughs) together Um, because our neighbors were outside grilling and we were were shooting it. And and, uh, it was uh, my neighbor Rose's birthday, but Dan dropped the ball and forgot to get a cake. So, Uh So whoops. And we were like, how would you feel about some birthday rolls? Yep. So we gave them some rolls. We gave our neighbors, Chris and Valerie, on the other side of us some rolls. These and, things disappeared faster than Taylor Swift concert tickets. Yep. And then we gave them away to a couple other neighbor friends. Yeah, we, that we, we have. put out a text, and within minutes they were, they were <laughs> gone. And we, we were left to share one lone one. But that's okay. It was good. You, you like to do a lot of baking, and it's just the two of us, so we can't always, you know... Just have piles of baked goods sitting around. Oh, our so. friends and neighbors are benefactors. Yes, I'm sure. I'm sure they don't hate it. So. No, 
But this this was a gorgeous dish. I loved that that pink glaze. The, I mean, oh, that, the be- it was such a beautiful pink color. Yeah, and the photo in the book is is gorgeous as well. So you know, that's what kind of caught our attention initially. And it it really uh, it kind of brought me back to making. My grandma didn't bake a ton, but she used to make these really great um, cinnamon rolls, and then she made uh, sticky buns, and I just nice. remember being there in the kitchen. Helping her make them. Nice. Um, shall we move on? Yeah. All right. Um, greens, eggs, and ham. Not green eggs and ham, but kind of a <laughs> kind of a twist on that. Um, this was kind of a breakfast for dinner type of situation for us, which we are not opposed to. Um, I'm a big fan of the breakfast for dinner. Yeah. And and so we chose a Swiss chard for the greens, and we gently simmered those in a bit of the bacon fat with some onion and garlic. And that was kind of the base for this dish. And then it gets a generous sprinkling of some grated Parmesan, which adds just that you know nice amount of salt to it. Gives it some earthiness, mm-hmm. too. And then really what you do is just hollow out those you know, the greens, little pockets, and you crack some eggs in there. So it's kind of like a shakshuka. Yeah. It's with uh, greens. Yeah. Well, we did make a very green shakshuka yes, from another we did. from a book that we have coming up. And so this was uh this was I didn't hate it. Mm-mm. It was good. Very simple. There was like what, maybe six ingredients in it? About at, at the yeah. most. Um well, not much to say about this. <laughs> <laughs> Breakfast for dinner. Um Next dish is actually a cocktail. Mad Dog Moon. How's that sound? Sounds mad. Yeah. Um, usually if a book has a cocktail recipe, we will gladly make it. And this one caught our attention. Um, it was originally conceived as a remedy for hangovers. Um, <laughs> this dish could maybe be Hair the beginning. The dog, I guess. Yeah, it could be the beginning of a hangover, if you ask me. I mean, it's it's a really easy drinker, so I could see how you would uh, yep give a little tipple to get rid of the headache, and then you well, you just wind up drunk again. Yeah, drunk again. Um, sounds like an album title. I know it does. Drunk again. You need some like sad sack cowboys. Yep. <laughs> uh, so this di- uh, this cocktail uses vodka as its base. And then there was a simple syrup that contained ginger, vanilla, and some freshly peeled strips of citrus. A few different uh, citri. <laughs> right? Citri. So we're making up our own words. I, um, I kind of like it. I like yep. adding the uh, I to, yep. to, uh, to show for a plural. So there was lime, <laughs> grapefruit, and orange in this concoction. And it was ruby red. It was beautiful. Yeah, well, that well came, ruby pink, I guess. Yeah, kinda. and that came courtesy of the pomegranate juice. Again, with the pomegranates. Oh, I know. And that is not an ingredient that I would normally associate with like southern no, cooking or you know soul food or Appalachian cooking or whatever you want to call it. But um, man, was it good. And it's it's got that tart sweetness. Um, but yeah, it is an easy drinker, so I think... Limit it to one. Yep. And I felt like this drink was like the perfect combination of like highbrow and lowbrow because it would be equally at home in like a mason jar or a champagne croup. Croup? Croup. Croup. 
Croup. What did I say? <laughs> Croup. Croup. Croup is like what I used to get when I was a child. Yeah. Where, yeah, where mom. Hit you on the back. <laughs> Turn on this. Turn on the shower full bore, so you get some steam, and then yeah. just start smacking you on the back. Back before they had like machines you could plug into a wall. Yeah, turn on the shower, <laughs> and you get smacked so hard, but it feels really good yep. too, though. Because okay, we are going off on a tangent. <laughs> it's my fault. Anyway, we we put these in the champagne coop, and they were they were delicious. Yes. Uh yeah. All right, next dish. Shaved summer squash salad with pickled pepper vinaigrette. (laughs) (laughs) How's that for a tongue twister? Okay. Uh, This was a pretty simple, humble salad. Um, But I think... (laughs) I have to get it together. I'm sorry. You okay okay over there? I'm having a moment. Um, Don't let me stop you. (laughs) I Um, never do. So this was a great example of the dish kind of being like the sum being better than the individual parts because it was a really basic dish. Yes. But like once it was composed, it was really good. Really, really good. So uh, best of all, you could be eating this in under 10 minutes because uh, it really came together that quickly. It is really quick. Um it actually, I think it would be great for just a quick lunch too. Yeah. You know, so. Well, there was a, a vinaigrette that had some red wine vinegar, a little bit of mustard, olive oil, and honey. And then that's just drizzled atop um, some thinly shaved, um, we use zucchini. Squash. Yellow squash, uh, red cabbage, shallots, and then uh, some sugar snap peas. And then, then this was the cool this part. This is the best part. Yep. Can I tell it? Please, please. <laughs> And then um, you mix, mix up some pepperoncini and some pickles and some capers. So you get like that nice little briny bite. Yeah. And these were all like finely chopped. Mm-hmm. So it almost serves as like a, like a garnish kind of yeah. thing. Like a sprinkle of those. Oh, man, that was good. That was a good plate of food. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Perfectly suitable for like a lunch or like a great side for a dinner. What did we have with this? I don't remember. I'm sure we grilled up like some chicken thighs or something like that. Probably. Because we grill a lot of chicken thighs. It's so long ago. I don't remember. <laughs> All right. And then we finished. This was this is pretty exciting. Mm. Chipotle peach pulled pork sandwiches. Guys, it was super good. I'm I'm saying. And the the peach uh barbecue sauce. Mm, chef's yes. kiss. Now we Perfection. knew ahead of time going into the that this was going to be the most involved recipe. That it's a pretty long ingredient list, but don't let that intimidate you because it all kind of comes together pretty easily. Um, there's just a lot of components, um, but most of which can be made ahead of time. So you could do this the day before. Um, we just did it on a weekend when we knew we'd have the extra time. Yeah, I think I made the sauce the day before yeah. too. Um, so we actually did fire up the smoker and and smoked a, a pork shoulder um, that had this paprika adobo mixture allowing uh, that we allowed to sit overnight. That was delicious. Woo! <laughs> you are cracking. I'm, me. I'm having these these uh, flashbacks of this, and it was. Uh, and then there was a sauce that had a ton of ingredients in it. Um, 
It was onion, peach, garlic, tomato, molasses. Keep going. Brown sugar. Keep going. Um, <laughs> oh my gosh, I don't remember what else. Uh, I mean, I could have drank just a glass of that sauce. Yeah, but yes. you'd be sorry for it. Though. I, it was so good. Um, and then yeah, we just and we made extra, so we had this with some other dishes that we've made mm-hmm. since. And you know, you can keep it in a in a jar in your fridge and. And the sandwich, uh, the sandwich also gets a really basic coleslaw. Very basic. It's so basic. Yeah. Um, if I had one critique, I would probably jazz up the coleslaw next time around. Yeah, but sometimes, I mean, you have so much going on with the like. Delicious. Jazz it. Mm. You have. <laughs> jazz it. You be quiet. Zip it, son. Um, <laughs> uh, like there's like that nice smoky flavor from the pork the tangy sweetness from the barbecue sauce i really just like the idea of the very simple slaw we did i mean we did add some minced jalapeno to it along with a little bit of red pepper flake so we did give it a little bit of heat just a little kick but otherwise like it's it's a very basic slaw recipe but man um Oh and, then, oh, and the onions. Yeah, the onions so on top. This whole affair gets topped with fried onion straws, which are just very simply dredged in some flour and milk, and then you just fly, you just fry them up. Uh, seriously, it takes like ten seconds. Like onion ring straws, yeah. basically. Onion rings and straw. Form. Oh man! And then you just assemble these sandwiches. This is not a. This is not a. a Sandwich that you eat without a bib or a tarp. The or... eating tarp again. I'm telling you. <laughs> you got to make it a thing. Got to get on that. Pull out the eating tarp. Would you guys buy eating tarps? Yep. I, th- I, th- I the... think everyone would buy yep. eating tarps. <laughs> They'll be available in our web store I'm going to make us a millionaire, Balmer. Um, yeah, I mean, the only thing that you kind of have to do at the time of plating is those onion straws because they can't really sit and, you know, you want them crispy. But... Mm-hmm. Uh, Man, that was a great way to finish this book. Um, yeah? Anything else? Nope. Well, let's, now we've reached the ranking part of the episode where we uh, rank this book on a variety of categories from one to five, beginning with food photography and styling. Mm-hmm. What'd you have, Victoria? I gave this one four. Um, there were lots of beautiful close-ups of food. There were also some really lovely... I know I used this word before, but like atmospheric shots, like bottles on a windsill, or, you know, a mailbox, what what have you. These were gorgeous. I, I think a lot of these photos, and I, I shouldn't speak for the author, but my impression was they probably originated with her blog. Mm, and so mm-hmm. they have that kind of feel to mm-hmm. them, like these very gorgeous, you know, Instagram drool-worthy shots that are really styled nicely and um they were gorgeous photos it's a nice it's a very beautiful aesthetic yeah down home soft um lots of action shots so a hand pouring something Mm -hmm. or sprinkling you know a garnish on a dish or something um i gave it a five look at you yep I, I really enjoyed the the photographs. Like it kind of spoke to my own sensibilities and, and tastes and stuff. And I did it, it uh, made me jealous. They were good good photos. Um, the next category would be design and layout. What did you do? Um, I gave it a four. Okay. Um, I have a few thoughts on this. You want to hear my thoughts on this? That's what we're here All for. All right. <laughs> 
Get ready. Um, beautiful embossed cover to begin with. I always kind of I'm kind of a sucker for embossed covers, mm-hmm. and this was this was gorgeous. I love that it was organized by the seasons, as we discussed, and then those subcategories with kind of the storytelling. Uh, you know where. They just evoke this this mood, you know, ghost stories, apothecary, Friday night jamboree. These are all like little subtitles that have uh, different recipes. So it kind of creates this mood and this event. Um, there was a clever section in there for like larder and kitchen tools. There, there's a um, sorry, I don't mean to step on you. No, please. Um, there's like region specific ingredients. Um, a section talking about moonshine. Yep. Well, and what I also liked is kind of scattered throughout the book is there were some, there was like a how to build an outdoor fire, uh, how to season and clean a cast iron skillet. So like some techniques that you would be employing if you were cooking your way through this book and it kind of gives you these very practical tips and tricks um, that made it kind of unique to this book because that's not something you see all the time in cookbooks. Right. Oh, I gave it a four, um, by the way. I didn't. Perfect. I don't, I don't think I set my score. I did the same. All right. Degree of difficulty. Oh, hold on. Wait, let me, what? Let me, let me go back to that. I have oh, one more thing that okay. I think is very important to mention. So like most cookbooks, there's an acknowledgement section where she thanks all of the different people that were involved with the creation of this book. But then there was also... Uh, I think she titled it like a feedback section. And I really love this because she, it's a short little section, but she talks about how she's very grateful for her good fortune uh, that allows her to do this for a living. So she gets to have a food blog and, and create recipes and create cookbooks and do all this stuff and kind of acknowledging that that good fortune and just um, also acknowledging that you know there are people that struggle um, just to have enough to eat, mm-hmm. and poverty is a very real um, issue here in America, as it is elsewhere as well. And so she had a list of like different organizations, and was encouraging the readers of the book to donate their time, money status, whatever it might be. Thank you for promote. bringing this up because I totally... Yeah, and and totally I just, it really caught my attention. Up. There was some worthwhile organizations focused on feeding the hungry. And I was just like, that's a really clever uh, piece to include in a, in a cookbook. Mm-hmm. And just, you know, I just thought it was really a, a nice kind of humble... Oh, it's a great way to use your platform. Yeah. Um, so anyway, I didn't want that to go overlooked because I, I really enjoyed that in particular from the book. Um, anyway... Moving along. Degree of difficulty. Thank you. I uh, gave it a 3.5. Uh-huh. Um, some of the stuff took was a little bit time consuming. Other stuff wasn't. I feel like it leans more towards being more difficult. It was a mixed bag. There were some recipes that, that salad we made, just dead simple. You could oh, throw yeah. it together in 10 minutes. There were other things such as making s'mores from scratch, which we did not attempt. But that's, you know, making your own marshmallows, making your own graham crackers. I don't like s'mores that much to really invest that much time into I don't either. making them from scratch. But I appreciate man, can you them. imagine what a what a party smash that would be? Ooh, like, hey, next guys. Next level. <laughs> um, I gave it a three as well. 
because I, I just thought it kind of it went squarely in the middle where like there there were definitely some recipes where they would require you know some hours of prep or or like a an afternoon of prep other things really simple to make so you could kind of pick and choose the dishes you wanted to make based on degree of difficulty and how much time you had available um otherwise like i don't feel like there were any techniques or ingredients that were necessarily challenging or yeah no there was nothing you know sometimes you'll sometimes you'll read a recipe and you'll be like huh they're doing it that way you know like so and then lastly and most importantly taste what'd you have oh i gave it a five yeah there was not one thing that we made that I didn't enjoy. Oh. And nothing, I mean, other than us adding a tiny bit of red pepper flake or whatever, just for our personal taste. There was nothing that I would have been like, ooh, this really should be tweaked. Like, yeah, and add another teaspoon of that or that. There are occasions where we'll try a recipe and it just doesn't turn out. And I think of everything we made from this book, there were no issues. There was nothing that was like, oh, we'd do this differently or it yeah. did, this didn't turn out, you know. Despite uh, what you might believe, there are flawed recipes in cookbooks. I was so pleasantly surprised with this book, and I had no—I didn't know that because we got this one from the library. Yeah, um, I, I had no idea that you had it, that you were even going to check it out. And yeah, you handed it to me in the car, and I was yeah. like, "Oh my gosh, this is yeah. so cool!" And I don't even know where I heard about this originally, but I'm glad I found it. And and you know, dear listener. however many there might be it might have been someone that recommended it on on instagram or like featured it on their feed or something so thank you we get a lot of inspiration from just checking out what everyone else is doing absolutely and uh, that was great um all right Take right, it away, so Victoria. If you enjoyed this episode, please rate it and review it. Uh, you can find us on the web at wecookbooks.com as well as Instagram at we underscore cook underscore books. Or you can just type in we cookbooks and it'll pop up. Um, and at Facebook, uh, it's uh, at we cookbooks. And production assistance was provided by Danny Schaefer. Thank you, Danny. Thanks, Danny. All right. Thanks for listening, everyone. I will leave you with a joke. A joke. Yay. Hey, Victoria, what's worse than finding a worm in your apple? Finding half a worm. Ah. Really, Palmer? That's a good one. That was a low effort. (laughs) Did you read that in the uh, Highlights magazine at the dentist's office when you were a little kid? (laughs) Or someone had it sitting on the back of their toilet. Maybe a bazooka comic. 101 jokes. (laughs) to tell. It's the bazooka comic. That was the lowest effort. All right. I'll try better next time. I'm so disappointed in you. (laughs) All right, everyone. Thanks for listening. Have a fantastic week. Wear a mask. And vote. Yes.